Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, my Saga para Inegavos panda What's up, boys and girls? Back at it again. Another Sunday edition of Gate 7 International. Adi Lambro Costa here. All to chat with you guys. The latest transfer news and ethnic Omada. International break is this weekend. How you boys feeling? Well, uh, international breaks are always peculiar for us journalists, especially uh, for us working uh, in England. But, uh, well, you know, the English have a lot to uh, look forward to with the World Cup coming up this winter. The team looks good. Um, as for Greece, well, the team also, in my opinion, looks good. A uh, lot of work to do, but uh, we're going to get, get, get into depth uh, shortly, I'm sure. Yeah, all good, Adi. Uh, I haven't watched a minute of football since the international break, so I have no idea. No, 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 that's a lie. That's a lie. I watched the Portugal with, who was it, Serbia? No, not Serbia. They're already through. Who were they with? Anyway, they went through. It was kind of dramatic at a moment, Three but then nil. it wasn't. Yeah, who did they beat? Who did they it beat was, again? Uh, God, damn it. Adi, the goddamn Google put it in the machine, but... Uh, then I turned on. Uh, am I allowed to say it? Am I allowed to say it? North Macedonia with Turkey, uh, Turkey, with Turkey, Italy? That was oh yeah, with Turkey. And so uh, yeah, it was interesting enough. Uh, Greek national team, never heard of it. Didn't watch it. I don't know. I'll watch the game tomorrow night. But yeah, it was on a Friday night, right? Was it on a Friday night? Yes. Yeah, like Friday night, guys. I'm gonna be honest. Greek national team is not on the top of the to-do list. So, well, uh, as yeah. eloquent as always, Lambro, and you say that you. even as I don't pretend Greek I, Greek I, Independence I, Day just passed us by. So happy Greek Independence Day to all of our listeners, even the non-Greeks. You know what? We're all Greek here. You follow Libyakos, or you have a little bit of Greek in your heart. Uh, the parade is actually going on right here in Baltimore. Uh, I was going to take Michali to see it earlier, but it's entirely too cold outside. My son was having none of it. He also had, did have a little bit of a fever this morning, so we weren't pressing our luck. So forget that. Michali's having none of it, and we're just staying inside where it's nice and warm here, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, but as always, guys, look, before we get started, there is no more perfect time to follow Libyakos. One of the best times to follow a team is when the season's coming to an end and transfer season's about to kick off. It's always exciting. Who could come in? Every The possibilities are always endless when transfer season is upon us. So join the mission, boys and girls. Gate 7 International. Subscribe. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and join the conversation. Subscribe and you can become a member of the comment section and chat with us. We bring guests on live all the time. So come hang out with us, guys more often, consistently, and help us build this community. And before we get into some of the post-match and some of the transfer stuff, a couple of quick announcements. Libyakos DC, boys and girls, second game of the UPSL season is tonight. I hope you guys like the teaser that was dropped for the docu-series. Uh, another episode is going to come out later this week. Very proud of that. Happy to be a part of it. It's a lot of fun stuff. There's some very talented kids on this team. Game two is tonight. It's at Troy Hill Park. If you guys are located in Maryland or even Southern Pennsylvania, you want to come out, I will be there. After we're done recording, I am going to be heading to the field to hang out, watch the game, cheer the boys on. They're doing great things. This coming Wednesday, they have the finals in the Stewart Cup. The Stewart Cup Finals, that championship is one of the largest and most prestigious regional championships in the United States for non-pro football. So if you guys are around, again, it's going to be, I believe, in Maryland. Come check it out. It'll be Wednesday. We'll post more information about that. Now that that's over with, boys and girls, we have some very, very exciting stuff going on. Costa, what's the latest with the transfers? 
Well, Olympiacos are already looking ahead. Uh, we said on the, in the last episode, you and me, Ari, that uh, there's a very difficult schedule coming up in the summer, very little time for holidays, uh, some difficult games coming up as well, and Olympiacos will have to uh, find a way to uh, regain full fitness from the cup, from the playoffs, which God knows why we have playoffs in the Greek, uh, in the, in the Greek league. Uh, so Libyakos are already looking ahead and they're looking at all positions pretty much, except maybe that of the goalkeeper, unless there's something crazy happens. It is expected Thomas Vatslik, Christensen, and obviously um, uh, that Vatslik and Christensen are obviously going to be around, as, as will Zolakis. Uh, but obviously teams are still looking at uh, Vatslik. It's very unlikely that anyone would uh, try and sign him, but it seems like Libyakos are okay at the goalkeeper's position for now. But judging on what we're seeing right now, there was an article from Gazeta as well, which was, in my opinion, very um, spot on. Uh, Olympiacos might need at least one centre-back because Pape Abusise has been linked with a lot of teams in the, in the Premier League and around Europe. I have it in good authority. I've uh, written about it in The Sun that Newcastle are have been interested in signing Cissé in the upcoming summer transfer window. Um, now, when it comes to fullbacks, I know you rarely hear us here in the show talking about how Olympiacos need at least two fullbacks, one for each position. We rarely talk about this. We should be talking about this a little more often, if that is the truth, especially me. Uh, as it stands, Kenny Lala is in a difficult position. Uh, Andruzos as well. We don't know how uh, how Vrusai, uh, where what the plan is for Vrusai next season. Uh, and there is a chance Ole Grebchuk and Surlis are going to be covering the left flank. But as it stands, Olympiacos obviously uh, are going to go for at least two fullbacks as it stands with Andruzos, Lala, uh, with Andruzos and Lala up in the air. Karbovnik is obviously leaving, going back to Brighton, and they're going to do whatever they want to do with him. Midfield, uh, there's a lot of disappointment with uh, Madi Kamara. There's a lot of disappointment with Kunde. Agibu Kamara has been linked all over the place, especially in the Premier League. And people around him are confident that he will be in the Premier League this summer, as first broken from me at the Sun. So, as I see it, again, at least two signings over there. Wingers, Onyekuru and Lopez are leaving, especially Lopez, who's on loan and nobody really is thinking about needing him. Balbuena has reached a, an age where... He cannot do much. Cabela is an absolute is one of the top targets, and Olympiacos seem like a very likely destination. As for the number ten, there's Carvalho, there's Fortunis, and as the, for the strikers, it all depends on what happens with El Arabi. Really, if El Arabi signs a new contract, then maybe Olympiacos are not going to go for another striker. But obviously, if he leaves, then there's going to be a striker as well. Absolutely. Thank you for that quick rundown, Costa. We appreciate it. And, you know, um, before we get into some of the names, there is something that is should be at least exciting to us, right? Because everybody has been kind of upset with how the team has been. Many people have called for an entire overhaul, some a coaching change as well. But we, there was some news today that at the very least, we should see a decent amount of movement over the summer. You brought up all of the positions, all of the situations there. And in Gazeta today, this came out literally maybe a couple hours before we recorded or before we're going live here now. Uh, Gazeta said five to eight signings over the summer. Mm -hmm. Olympiacos is planning for five to eight signings. So it sounds like they're pretty much as unhappy as we are. And we can expect probably one to two signings at the fullback position. Thank God. I'll believe it when I see it, though, because we've been saying this. It's been <laughs> it's been said for what? This is now one, two, three, four, four straight transfer windows, right? Yeah, we brought years. up fullbacks. So uh, I'll believe it when I see it. But it's a good sign that, hey, they're saying, look, we have a lot of work to do because there is a lot of work to be done. Gosta, you brought up a really good point about Cissé. Look, Cissé is our most valuable asset as it stands with the players that have been playing. He is the one that is going to get us the most money. Forget Agibu, forget Mahdi. It is Cissé. And if the rules pass, we talked about the new rules regarding financial fair play. If those rules pass, there is no equity investment that Mighty Nike can make that will help us spend more money for our budgets and things, for, our, for transfers. We will have to sell. We will have to do business in order to be able to bring new signings in. So... 
hopefully all everything goes well. But for me, at, at the very least, I am happy to see that the club recognizes, look, there's a lot of moves that need to be made, a lot of changes. Labro, how do you feel, buddy? You're the most aggrieved, I think, out of all of us here. So how do you feel, buddy? <laughs> no, I just think, um, I don't know if 5 to 8 is even going to be enough, to be honest. I don't know if it's, because if you're thinking about it at center back, you're going to lose Markovic, let's say, Ba, probably, Cisse. So that leaves you, what, with the three Greek center backs, Socrates, Manolas, and Avram. That's your center back. So you need two center backs. Um, the midfield, you have Marika Mara maybe leaving. You have Kunde leaving, which we went over. You have also Agi Bukamara maybe leaving. Also, I wouldn't be surprised in seeing, um, maybe seeing some other players pushing for moves, maybe if they're not super happy in the midfield. Andreas Pujalakis, if he wants to make the move abroad, maybe he wants to do that this summer. He is turning 29, almost 30. If he's ever going to go, he's going to do it now. Um, and then, yeah, the wingers, I don't know, Gary Rodriguez, I guess, will stay, I guess. Uh, Onyekuru and uh, Lopez, as you said, is gone. Vurusai, I read, may leave, and he's not even playing on the wing anymore. So what does that really leave us with? I don't know. Not not a lot. Not Something a lot. not mentioned, too. El Arabi hasn't signed a new contract. We only have one striker. What is it? Hassan's going to come back and be our striker with Tequino? You may There's need another lot. striker. Yeah, a lot of changes. There's a lot, a lot of, of transfers that need to be done. There's a lot, and um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I always try to hold off from talking about transfers until maybe May. I think the free transfers are interesting, but the names, I don't know. It's so hard to to link people now and to even sign someone now. Things change so rapidly, so I don't know. Like. Are changes needed? Yes. Um, but um, who's it going to be? Who knows? Like, we have names, but are those names accurate? Who knows? So that's my feeling, really. I don't have a very strong feeling about it. I'm more just kind of wait-and-see approach. But all I know is it's going to be a clear-out, I think, this summer, more so than more so than five to eight for sure. I think, I think there's some big, big departures and some unexpected ones that I think could happen, which... I don't want to say exactly who's going to go, who's, but I think one or two people who people weren't expecting will leave, will leave as well. Costa? I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, I think Labro makes a very good point. Uh, I mean, let's look at this as um, let, let's look at this as analytically as possible. Uh, fullback position, I believe one is needed for each position. Somebody to give Reabchuk a bit of con- a bit of competition. I want to see more from Kitsos, but. Rehabchuk needs competition. Definitely someone for uh, for right back. I could do with either Lala or Andruzos being the number two or Vrusai being the number two. So we got two players already. That's two. Cisse is very likely to leave. So there's three. Somebody for centre back, and we need someone pretty good for that. I still believe in in in, um, in Ba personally. I still believe that Ba is not done. So I'd be very interested to hear how next season works for him. Midfield, Madi, in my opinion, is going to leave. Agibu is going to leave. So maybe Kunde, there's... surely is going to leave. He hasn't played in months, man. When was the last time Kunde played Kunde. 90 minutes? Uh, ages, Never. but I haven't given up on Kunde personally. But yeah, he could leave. So there's six right there. That'll then... depend on training camp, I think. Kunde, it'll depend yeah. on what he does at training camp, 100%. Absolutely. Then you got uh, Lopez, who's definitely leaving, or Nyekuru, who should leave. So that's already eight. And then maybe a lot of beams, so maybe nine. We're looking, I think we are looking at at least eight uh, players leaving, my opinion. Could go to nine, could go to 10. But I think Labor is very right. And that's quite of a, that's, that's quite a trap over there. And Olympiacos need to handle this carefully like they have in the past few summers. And that is hold on to as many players as you can during the qualifiers. And at the same time, start looking for players to come in and uh, replace them as soon as possible. Don't let any Gary Rodriguez uh, situations happen where, you know, they come in like almost mid-season. And after the qualifiers are done, hopefully they go well, then you start uh, pulling the plug. So I think that's how Olympiacos are going to go. Yes, there's going to be a lot of players leaving, but it's going to be very gradual. You can, they're going to be holding on a lot of players as long as possible. 
until Olympiacos hopefully make it to the Champions League or at least the Europa League. So there we go. Well, I think it's also going to be about, at, le- at the very least, right, keeping a core of players. Yes. A core of players that have that perform well, maybe the best performers, and the ones that we can build something off of. Then the ones that didn't provide anything for us, you know, maybe we, we ship those off. So when it comes to our, our core, right? You we, have the spine, Adi. You, you do have a spine with we this do. team. You have Vajlik, the two central yep. defenders, and Via going forward. You have maybe Remy Cabea, maybe Jao Carvalho, and then you have Tequino or El Arabi. It's just the, the sides are so miserable. I Exactly. I think that's a big problem. And Well, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Lombro, because we know that Depend, especially depending on what happens with the finance rules with UEFA. We don't we don't know how much we're going to be able to spend, what deals we're going to be able to swing with loans or free transfers. So let's look at what's available to us, like our loanees, our academy products. For fullback, for wing, is there anybody that you want that you think, look, instead of maybe looking for a transfer, let's give this guy a shot first. Let's bring this guy into training camp and see if he can do something for us. Is there anybody at the fullback position? Uh, I count Kitsos as one because I know that he's training, but we we rarely see him. So would you want to see him brought up as the second to Oleg? Or would you prefer a signing for the left back? No, I, I just don't trust it, guys. Like Olympiacos, especially if Martins wants to play 3 4 3 next season, mm-hmm. you can't go with Reabchuk and Kitsos in that, but you need to bring some real competition right. for, for at least Reabchuk. I, I, I'm insistent on that. Costas Tsimikas' departure has really affected Olympiacos, just like Omar El Abdelawis did. And I mean, no more jokes, no more jokes, no more, no more experiments, no more, no more, uh, no. No more, uh, no, no more magician apprentices like we call it in Greece. No more le- magicians in training. Just br- bring someone. Bring someone. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's you a have couple... to go big. Uh, yeah, I, you I have see to bring saying. in Mohamed Drager. I think. Stop. I think it's calling for experience in the Champions League. Mohamed Drager has scored two goals in Switzerland in eight games. Is he the answer to the problems? I want to say yes. I want to say yeah. <laughs> oh God, is he even our I'm player? I'm not going to say it. I don't, is yes. he even our player? Yes, yes technically. Yes, yes. I don't He's know. Long. He is. Well, okay. We do. Chad Jesus is chiming Christ. in on a couple of things regarding okay. transfers. So uh, uh-huh. let's nice. see. Nice. Let's see a couple of. Uh, let's see a couple of these. We got um, uh, Sparrows here. How much will we make over the summer through transfers? You reckon our only 30. sellable asset is Cisse. So whatever we sell him for, that's who we're getting the most of the money for. No, but come on, Adi, you make twelve from Cisse. Let's say twelve. Is that too much? Yeah. Is twelve too much? At or least twelve from Cisse. Twelve. I think, yeah, I think we're going to be expecting twelve to fifteen. And let's say two and a half from Henry Onyakuru. I know that's. I don't. I actually don't even think you can sell he's, him. I think it's going to be a loan. I it's going to be a loan. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, think he's sellable. Sell. Yeah. Um, Shit, Kunde, like 1 million euros maybe, so 13. Uh, Baby Kamara, if you want to sell him for 5 to 7 million, I think that's the going rate. I think 7. it's going to be 5. over. I think it's going to be over with uh, if Agibu goes, I think it's going to be at least 10, my opinion. You think 10? I, I hope so. I just, I'm I'm worried that his second half of the season is going to. No, people understand, Dottie. Like, they understand he's a young player playing his first professional season. They'll get the production drop off. I think he has 7 after 10, so then you're looking at 22. And there's sort of those like niggly transfers for one to, I think he reached 25 to 30 million euros for sure. Madrid as well. Madrid also well. get us. Andruzos, Madi Camara as well. Madi. I think for sure, you if you're looking to sell, you reach 25 to 30 million euros this summer. I'm well, not going to lie. I that's I, th- I feel like that's a little optimistic. I think I'm Kenny Lala goes for 3 15. million back to a French team. I think that's a good price. I think a French team would pay three. Three and a half million euros for Kenny Lola. You don't think he'll stay? No, I don't. I don't think he wants to be here. I think he. 
I was talking to Costa about this, and he like didn't Costa with the C, obviously not my favorite Costa here. Uh, the uh, he uh, he he said like, oh, he's out of it. I really I looked at his CV, his CV. He'd never left France before he came to Olympiacos. Like literally, never had left the country. So I think that was a big homesickness. I I think a lot of people undersell that, but when someone is like literally stays in the one same part of their country and then goes abroad to a country like Greece for the first time. Yeah. Could be difficult. Like other players are typically not like that. It's something I keep an eye out on and I'm the, the body, what is it? Body expression doctor. I'm always looking at these things. I read this, uh, in his body expression. Um, I think he goes, and I think it's 3 million euros. I think, uh, French teams would want a French fullback who has proven themselves at Ligue 1, like, they see it kind of like we're bringing this guy home who's had a hard time abroad. We'll pay three million euros fine. So that would that, that would sense. be interesting. That would be interesting. Uh, I still think it's a little optimistic. I don't. I I don't see us getting realistically twenty million uh, this summer for our for players. That would be hard. great. I just don't see it yeah. happening. Um, uh, but you're looking at the players who are almost definitely leaving. But that's I like mean, twenty yeah. million plus is like if you sell the players who are worth the money as well. So. If if you're reaching 20 million, Cisse has to go. Mari Camara maybe has to go, or Baby Camara has to go. So to reach 20, you're really looking at Mari or Agibu combined with Cisse, maybe with a few other pieces. Right, in my opinion. I hear what and, you're saying. And, and to remind you, there's also the Ruben Semedo element. Shit, yes, loan. that is he's true. He's technically not gone, and supposedly they don't fucking want him to. <laughs> I read the other day. I so. don't know. Porto have been had been pushing been him. him weirdly. Weirdly, had been supposedly pushing he's quite him fat. Like that is what I read. He's like he was overweight. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, there's also MLS. There's also Saudi Arabia. There's also you know those yeah. incredible leagues. I think he'd fit in in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. And it depends on what happens, you know, with uh, his legal, uh, you know, the legal side of things. But anyways, oh, I, yeah. to answer the initial question as well, uh, to answer the initial question, uh, when it comes to uh, wingbacks, who do we, out of all the low knees we have, which is not that much, we're not Chelsea. Well, no. Leonardo Cutris, although he hasn't played for a very long time for yeah. Fortuna Dieseldorf, he hasn't played for a while. Out of all of them, Leonardo Cutri, someone for the left. And I wouldn't mind it at all. little competition for Reabchuk. Yeah, I don't know. It's some, it seems like his career is dead at 26 years old, barely playing for Fortuna Dusseldorf. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of... That seems like a career and career ending at the high level ACL injury he suffered. I don't know. That's just well, my feeling. This is that. the end. He was on a two-year loan, so he comes two back. Two-year loan. Yeah. It's incredible. He was on a two-year loan, and his contract, uh, his contract runs not this this summer, next summer. So he'll still be on contract for one more year. I'm curious what will happen. Maybe we give him a look. I don't know. I mean, I we all remember some of the um, some of the reported issues and exchanges that Martins and Kutris had before but we'll see what happens i would like for him i think he has something to offer this squad at the very yeah, least right. and uh while we're while we're on the subject of the loans fetanos asked if any of our loan players have done anything to de deserve a chance this season costa you brought up gutris what about what about uh radeovic i'd be up for that i'd be up for uh for supposedly he wants to stay in spain piece. though i read he did an interview with gazetta like Two months ago, he was like, I'd prefer to stay in Spain. Interesting. Well, screw what he wants. If they don't pay the money, he's coming back, I guess. Jesus Christ. That's what right. And then, and then we should also bring up, too, uh, Chumich hasn't looked half bad. Um, mm. he, he's getting minutes. Apparently, he's looking all right. And then there's he's a, in the now, shittiest team in all of Switzerland, so I feel for him, I think. So. <laughs> it's really well, bad. It's really bad, man. Uh, I'd be... I know I don't think he'll get a look only because over the summer there there were reports that uh, Martins was getting upset with him for kicking rocks at practice. Apparently, he was not taking things seriously. So I doubt I, I just see that like once Martins has his mind made up about you with something, he seems to yeah. go with that, you know. So I don't know how much I trust that. Do you think Pepe comes back? Yeah, Do you I'm think seeing we these comments about. Pepe, Pepe has been like, doing very well, guys. He's been doing quite well in uh, I, in Portugal. 25 appearances in the league, three goals, five assists. 
and a lot of yeah. minutes. Like the guy does start over there. I forgot he's uh, alive. Yeah. Like what? At Falcao, no. on loan yeah. at Falcao, and he's playing quite well actually. So and Olympiacos will need something for midfield. Will need twenty four uh, years old as well. To be yes, honest, he's very young. So you know what? I mean, I'd be up for it. I, I mean, definitely bring him back for preseason. My opinion. Now. Yeah, I'm here's in. the thing. He played really well for Familicao last season also. Yeah. When we sent him back out alone. Then he came back this summer and we saw kind of the same thing. Like, mm, it's he's a good player, he's a technical player, but we need somebody that's a little bit more more physical or somebody that imposes himself more. And yeah, how that works with do that. fucking Kunde, huh? Really physical well, and, and Mari Camara, real physical. God, Jesus Christ. Yep, and then there's then of course don't forget. I mean, Maxi Lovera's probably coming back also. Oh shit! Uh, we we should message uh, our Cypriot friends about that. Yeah, see how he's doing. He's been playing, so he's playing over there. So he's been playing like see. right back or something. Did, did I read that correct? Like the other day, he was playing right back for them. He's been yeah. He he's he has played. Maybe he's the uh, answer to our fullback problems. He's played five games for them. God, can you imagine? Can you imagine if we're sitting here like, uh, I mean, look, he only played right back once as far as I know. I know that most of the time he's been playing as like left wing or like an attacking mid for them, but uh, he did play, he did play right back for them once, but I'm just, I'm just imagining like here we are next year and it's like, oh my God, our MVP of the season is right back Maxi Lefer. Oh, <laughs> it's such a weird twilight zone thing to think about, but yeah, I think I think of the the lone players that we have, I think it's reasonable to expect that, you know, a, at least a few of them will come back to training camp. Martins will get a look at them. Um Yanis Masuras kind of seems to have fallen off the face of the earth. He had a good season last season and I don't see that he's playing much right now, which he's is a shame for the the shitty team in the Netherlands. Yep. He's not playing for them at all. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Oh, here's a here's a comment. I would love this. Would you love to see an exchange Semedo for Sanusi? Funny thing is, Porto fans are getting really ticked off with Zaidu. Zaidu Sanusi is like, I don't want to say persona non grata, but there was so much fan hate coming after him that the coach has come out in the press and has been like, guys, look, he's really good. Remember, he only he's only been playing top flight football for like three years. And oh I mean, here we are looking at this. This is a guy that we were so ticked off that they got to before him, and they're like, "Get rid of him." I would do that trade in a heartbeat. Guys, keep Semedo. Give me, give me Zaidu. I'll take him. That's then we crazy. get both left backs they wanted. So I mean, let's. I, in my opinion, let's name the players that are on loan now for Olympiacos, and let maybe we can name which ones we would like for preseason. I think it's easier just name who we want for preseason because that list is going to be very short. Well, it's no, a short it list. It's a it short, a list, short for list for loan anyway. Yeah, so it is we can just short, say yes or no. Yeah. It is. So we'll, yeah. Okay. We'll so start Ruben with Simedo, wait, who is yeah. what is this for just come see them in preseason or preseason? Yeah. Well, yeah, basically. I think that's the fairest to say. Yeah, because we don't know how yeah. well they're gonna fare. Well, number one, Ruben Semedo. One, two, three. No. 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 God damn no. God damn no. <laughs> Ahmed Hassan. Yes. Yes. I'd be folks. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Bring yeah. him back for preseason. Definitely bring him from preseason. Yeah, Pepe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Lazarazelovic. Yes. 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 No. Massimiliano Lovera. No. No, that's a no. <laughs> he's, if, if, he's not so good here's enough. The thing. He's not here's good the enough, thing. is he? If if Martins is not coach, then yes. But if Martins <laughs> is still here, then no. Martins will be here. Martin well, will know, be here. God and, damn. and that's the caveat because he doesn't. He's not going to use him in the manner that we want him used and he's going to play him as like this out and out left wing that I don't think he plays super well in. And I don't, I don't think he fits well in the system. So also no. we're getting clogged up in the midfield. If Costas Fortunis is supposed exactly. to be coming back. Remica, Cabea, Carvalho. Carvalho. So yeah. it's, that's going to be a no for Baxi for me. Yeah, I don't think so. Leonardo Cutris. Yes. For me. Y- yes. For me too. But again, Just because look, of... I don't think he's there. I don't think I... he's, body is ever come back well for me it's i don't think martins will seriously consider him anyway and if that's the case it's a we're wasting both people's time you know what i mean let him find a team that will actually i don't know where he could even go like i don't think he would want to stay in greece but his like body i think is not all there he knows where Uh, he can go 
just three more to go. Yanis Masuras. No. Do we no. need it? No. 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 Nikola Tsumich. No for me. Maybe. Uh, with the, he's not a winger out- who'll take you to the next level. It's like, what are we right. doing together? Like, like, what's our... Like, yeah. We're wasting each other's time, you know? It's almost like, go back on loan, have a full season with the team on loan. Like, have a preseason with the team on loan. That's, I think a Greek team would act... Is this bad to say? A Greek team would be good for him? Maybe. But gr- maybe. Greek teams never work out loan-wise, do they? Do they well, didn't work? didn't the last Greek team he went on loan to, he wouldn't play for because... No, that's Markovic. didn't oh, play that for Vadiso. I thought that was Yanni Masuras that did that. Both did it, probably. Who wants to play for Larissa? <laughs> no offense. Okay. Anyway. And last but not least, Alexandros Nikolas, which I haven't this, really seen him play. This was the what? gift. This was the gift we gave Larissa, remember? We got this random dude out of nowhere. Who is I this? What? We bought you don't remember last summer? We like and this was an get, out of the Is this the one we gave to Lamia on like a three-year loan or something? What, what no, was it was Larissa. We gave him to Larissa on like a two a two or three-year loan. It was like what? a straight. What gift. is this guy's name? Nicolas. Nicolas, yeah. We gave this guy a loan, like we we brought him in on a four year contract and gave him like a, a and put him on loan for three years. To, what? To <laughs> you don't remember this? This was like one of the weirdest things we had seen. It was it sounds like gift. some major criminal activity going on. What? <laughs> it was a gift for gift for Kukas. Oh Jesus! He came and from Yanina. Thank you, Andrea. Where does he play now? He plays for Larissa, dude. He's, He's. Does he play for Larissa, or it's like a bit of a joke? He doesn't no, play. No, man, or... he's he's pl- he's playing for them. He's got like six hundred thousand euros for this guy. What? That sounds some like money laundering going on. What the hell? Yeah, he's, even he's a... got a goal. Three hundred. He's got a goal for them. No, I show he's here three hundred. He's I got a goal. Super League Two, in the yeah, he's got a goal yeah. in twenty. Yeah, so let's just get no. I think yeah. no is the answer, right? Jesus. Christ. So there you I've go. I've never so, seen him play as well. So, I mean, yeah, I guess no. Adi doesn't think we'll get to 20 million euros. You get 300,000 for even his mother doesn't know who. Like, come on. We'll get to 20 million. Stop. We'll make it. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. One it. goal was that's the, the best goal Larissa has ever seen. It was like the, the whole town came out on their balconies and they were saying, what was his name? <laughs> Alexandros. Nicolas, 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 <laughs> and his oh mom was like, God. "That's my son." Now I remember. But anyway, was good. Okay. anyway, moving okay. on. We've already we've already been on transfers. Fuck, for there's over only a eight players hour. on loan. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's it. Usually, it's like an army of them, like 20, 30. Last season, it was like twenty. I remember going through doing the loan watches. I was like, Jesus, why do we have so many players? But yeah, so before we move on to uh, hashtag bring back Bruma Sparrows, I love it. <laughs> oh, um, before we move on to maybe. the ethnic East stuff, there's uh, Costa. I just wanted to ask you about the latest regarding uh, Remy Cabea. Um, there, uh, I know that things have kind of been heating up. We talked about him before. Is there any new movement on the Cabea situation? We were told it was pretty much like, hey, this is happening. Um, is there anything new on that front? Uh, any movement? Are we expecting him anytime soon? What I do know is that uh, Cabela is, likes the possibility of uh, joining Olympiacos. I'm not going to say keen because I think that's a stronger word, but he likes the um, uh, he would like a potential move to Olympiacos, but he's being targeted by other clubs as well. Uh, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's in any particular hurry as well. Uh, but Olympiacos are keen on Cabela. He likes the idea of coming and playing for Olympiacos, a team that have been playing in Europe almost nonstop every season. Um, pretty sure uh, understands that this is also a team that gets through uh, the group stages. Um, he, I, I think we've covered this as well that he has been contacted by both Mathieu Valbuena and Jan Envila. I am telling him, you know, I'm not sure if they told him, you know, hey, dude, come to Olympiacos, but they did tell him that Olympiacos is a very good, uh, is a very good club and a very good, uh, and, a, and a very good prospect for him as well. That's mm. all I know so far. Uh, we're going to keep hearing that name for quite a while, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, it seems like he's dragging it out. He seems, I I went into detail about this, but just go on his Instagram. He seems like he enjoys the flair for dramatic. Seems like he wants to be on like Survivor French edition. He seems like the type. 
with his tattoos and spiky French hair. I knew it. I knew you were going to bring blonde that up. streaks. God damn it. But <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's I don't know how he turns down that nice French croissant to stay in Greece. But I guess I don't know. Avoiding the croissant for uh, Spanakopita. We got, we got croissant here. Hey, it's expensive to live. Yeah, but is it croissant? Is it pan au chocolat? Is it the best? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> like the butter is falling off, like onto your face. You're like, oh my god! Stop! But you you ask, like... There's someone we can ask, Labro. You sound oh, like yeah, you sound is... like my wife right now. You yeah. sound like my wife with that right now. You Jeez. must, Ari, Ari. You must have the the more the coziest sofa in the in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's it about the transfers. Let's stop talking about Olympiacos. Let's. Well, you got it. You said it, Lombro. Your wish is our command. Moving on from transfers, boys and girls. Greece versus Romania, the first match for the Ethnic Yomada under Gus Poyet. one nothing win in Bucharest against Romania. It was a very good first half. Um, I was quite surprised, actually. We saw the 4-3-3. Costa, you and I talked about it. It was going to be 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1. A lot of the players that we asked for were on that field. Yeah. And while they were there, it looked pretty good. Plenty of scoring chances. Then in the second half, things started to take a turn, and we saw an adjustment to a 4-4-2. So we got to see two different things that I think Gus Poyet is going to stick with, the 4-3-3 and the 4-4-2. But all in all, it, it might have been a tight win, but I feel like it, the the scoreline to me didn't properly reflect like what we saw on the field, especially in that first half. I mean, the team was dominant and not just dominant in possession. I'm not talking about JVS. We, we have the ball, but we can't materialize a shot or a decent shot. No, there were quality attempts. The offsides call on Yakumakis, which I didn't think was offsides. It was a great opportunity. There were quite a few solid opportunities in that first half. I mean, even, even without the offsides, Yakumakis also had... Uh, early on, another opportunity. And, and and look how dangerous he is when you're getting him to service. That's that's the type of player he is. That's why he's so important. If you can get him to service like we did in the first half against Romania, this Yakumakis has plenty of value for this Greek national team. What did you what did you guys think about that game? Let me start first, Costa. Course, Let me yeah. start first here. What channel was showing the game, Adi? Please remind Open. me. Open. Open goddamn TV. Okay, some of us, no offense, everyone, on a Friday night, we may be a bit busy. It was uh, Independence Day going for a few drinks, you know, big party, you know, make party. But anyway, they can't even put the goddamn highlights on YouTube. Like, I'm sitting here looking. I still can't even find the highlights. Some guy, like, with his iPhone posted videos of the goals. That's how I saw the goals. But anyway, first things first, I know nothing about the game. Sounds great. Lovely, good stuff. Weird formation. Mandalos is your captain. Jesus Christ, God bless our souls when it's going gets rough. But I've been watching the press conferences of Gus Boyette. I've been like listening. He seems, I don't know. Do you guys watch these things? They post them on YouTube. But anyway, maybe I'm a bit weird. I watch them. He seems like very cocky and arrogant yes. and kind of, he seems like the guy when the going's good, it's good. Like, ha 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 laughing and hugging and when the going goes to shit it's like fuck you like it's all your fault you fuckers not Gus Boyette who played for Chelsea and bullshit and you know what I mean he seems like that type like he's very charismatic you can tell but there's like a bit of a a mask and it's like when you take that mask off you're gonna see the real Gus Boyette I think when the time goes tough whatever I'm just again the personality doctor i'm here analyzing the body whatever what is it the body analyst um i think he's a smart guy i think he knows football listening to what he says like you know how a lot of them are like talking bullshit the press conference well the lads had good training and we gave it a go and it was good shit like no he actually he actually gave like a good conversation and you were like okay he's actually answering questions it's just I feel like he's a goddamn flake. I'm going to say it right now. I think he's a flake. And I think when the going gets tough, Gus Boyett's going to be like, uh, like he did with Ike, right? Do you guys remember this? Like at the end, he showed up for the season. He was like, he was like, 
listen up, everyone. It's a great season, but I'm getting the fuck out of here <laughs> as soon as I can. And everyone was like, wait, what? What did this guy just say? So I don't know. I, I really, I think there's some person. I, I love you, Gus Boyette, but I think there's some personality flaws that are going to come out. And that's my analysis. Not watching the game, not watching anything, just watching the interviews. He seems seems like that guy who's like, going gets tough. He's like, well, got that first flight to Uruguay. Let's go. Like, so long, fuckers. It's your problem now. But of course, start with the real analysis of the game, please. Go. <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes to Gus Boyer's personality, I'll be honest, I don't know much. But we did uh, cover this last time out. He is. He does speak his mind. He's never afraid to speak it. Yes, he is a, he is a very successful. Uh, he's been very successful in football and he knows it. Uh, an incredible player for both Chelsea and Tottenham. A lot of success uh, as a manager with uh, Brighton, with Sunderland, and you know what? Ike as well. A lot of success there as well. Um, Double-edged sword. On one hand, he won't take any shit from Meppo. On the other hand, he won't take any shit from Meppo. And Meppo are not well known for uh, their wisdom or you know patience. But to the game now, uh, I feel all in all good stuff. Uh, very important that Greece got the win and a clean sheet against uh, not an easy team at all. Uh, I feel like what we can expect from Gaspoye, we saw it in the first half. Uh, he started out with a 4-2-3-1. That's the way Greece played when they attacked. Uh, when they defended, it was a 4-3-3 with Madalos pushing back with uh, Siopis and Buchalakis. Uh very good, uh, very good performance in the first half. A lot of tempo, which is what Gus Boyer likes. He likes tempo. He likes the lines being kept together, tightness in the lines. Uh, he likes the players press pressing, especially high up. When the ball's not on them, you got to press and to get it back. A lot of runs, which is what he likes as well. It's all about tempo with this manager. So pressing and running, that's what he likes to see. And that's what we saw in the first half. Um, a beautiful goal by a beautiful header by Bukalaikis, an amazing assist by Lazaros Rota, who Aris wanted to see at right back, and his wish was granted. Thankfully, I was very, I was very glad to see this. Uh, I think the game would have looked a lot more different if Yakumaikis's goal was this was was allowed, and it was not an offside. And if it was an official game, VAR would have picked that up, and it yeah. would have been allowed. And with Greece 2-0 up already and uh, the Romanians already booing their own team out, it would have been completely different in the second half. Second half was a lot more, was quite, was very hapless, was quite toothless from Yetniki, but that was Poye just trying new things, really, yep. which we, we often see in friendlies. But nevertheless, that's what we can expect to see. What we saw in the first half, that's what you can expect from Poye. And I got to say, I'm quite confident because there's going to be a lot more players coming in who can offer more tempo for Poye, like Carlos Zeca, like Costas Fortunis, like Giorgos Masuras, like Marius Brusai. Hell, we're going to see Costas Manolas coming back, which alone, that's going to bring a boost, I think, uh, to the ethnic because you're going to have an experienced player coming back, a, 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 maybe a quote-unquote soon-to-be or future Greek legend joining uh, joining the ranks, maybe Socrates Papastathopoulos, maybe Siovas if he finds a new team. And also, we see Pauk playing in the Conference League, which I hope is going to create a, a, a European mentality for the Pauk, for the Greek Pauk players. Uh, Bakasetas and Siopis look set to win the Turkish League, so they could play in the Champions League next season. I mean, we saw Serif going to the Champions League. Maybe we're going to see Trabzonspor. So I'm hoping we're going to see more players gaining some uh, European mentality. And with a real manager in the dugout and not an apprentice, I'm excited. The Nations League group, I think we've all seen it. Northern Ireland, uh, Kosovo, and Estonia or Cyprus. Greece can and should win that. To have Wait, that that's the group? Level. That's yep. the nation's When did group. I miss that? What? Northern Ireland? We're yeah. fucked. Northern Ireland's in our group? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Northern Ireland is in a group. That's a, uh, that's a footballing great country. They've done us in how many times? They beat us. They, they gave us a hard time last time. Yeah, out, I don't think Greece? we're favorites in this, surely. Northern Ireland. Yes, we are favorites. Greece can uh, win. No, Northern group. Ireland's a big team. We can win this, and we should win this, because in the Euro draw, there's nobody promising we're not going to get two really hard teams, two really tough countries uh, in the in the table. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Gus, I agree with you a lot, everything that you brought up. I also want to give uh, a little bit of a shout to, to Dimitris Belkas. Now, 
I will I will preface this because I know that he gave a lot of balls away. His pass accuracy was about 60% on the evening when he was there. It wasn't that good. But what I did like were the some of the looks that he had when he had the ball, uh, splitting defenders. Just so you guys know, Belkas had more than half of the total total through balls made by Olympiacos. There was no single player or combination of players that had as many passes to cut the defensive line open as Belkas. They weren't you mean accurate. Greece, not Olympiacos, right? Sorry, yeah, I meant sorry, Greece. Sorry, yeah, sorry. God, yeah sorry, getting sorry, tongue tied. I was, I was a bit, I was a bit confused. Sorry, man. Yeah, Go no, on. I apologize. Pardon. Yes, for Greece. Sorry, and when you don't have a guy like Cosas Fortunis who can do that, we Greece doesn't have a lot of creative players unfortunately, that can do that. So that, to me, even though he Mandalos. I'm joking. Mandalos is tragic. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I really think that guy's Bush League. I think he, he was the captain, too. Jesus he does Christ. it. He does it for Ike in Greece, but he doesn't seem to do it. Yeah, he does it like with Levadia course. Like, he's like, wooey, like, Mandalos here to play. Like, and Jesus, he goes to Europe and it's like a train has hit someone. They're like, like the lights, you know, like, you know, you turn the headlights on the car and there's like the deer out there and it's like, oh shit, people running at me. Like, I don't think he was that tragic. I actually he's think he's so was bad. Right. God damn, he's terrible. He's not flashy. I, Look, he's not a flashy guy. He's not Costa. He could never be Costa. But I think he's no Bacasetas for sure. Yeah, he. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. You're on the roll today. You're on the roll today. I know. It's been a while. I haven't been on the pod in a while. I've been holding these things in. <laughs> no, uh, but seriously, is Mantalus our captain? Did he announce this or it was just for the game? Because that's what I, think I read. Was, and... I think it was just for the game. I know that there's a couple of guys that are uh, that are up in the air. Costa and I talked about this on the last show about who would we pick for captain. And, and it was tough. I mean, I... I I wasn't a hunt. I didn't want to give it to Bacasetas for reasons I've already brought up. Yeah. Um. As but you know Bukalakis, I I have no. I have issues with uh with confidence guys or guys that that need to have confidence when they play or do things because that dictates everything. That dictates their mm. mood. That dictates everything. And Costas, I brought up on the last show too. I me personally. I have never liked when a goalkeeper has been my captain. Yeah, I was I about to say that. that. I don't like that as well. I was about to say, like, Vlahovimo th- seems like one of the key characters, but I'm like, I feel like I hate yeah. when goalkeepers are the captain. I did. When I was playing, I hated it. Like, I, I, I you know, you just hear them screaming, especially if you're downfield. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – the, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan. I like midfielders, whether it's whether it's a mid, an attacking midfielder or a, mm. a defensive midfielder, somebody that's involved, always going to be involved in the play. I think that's who should be your captain mm. because he's around the pitch and that's the person you could be screaming about. We saw it mm. with Baca said this before. He actually got the armband also when when Madalos was subbed off. So who, I, who was the midfield that started? It was Madalos, Bujalax, and who? Siopis. 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 Okay. I don't yeah. think that's the worst midfield in the world. No, and actually well, I, I do want to bring that up too because, Gosta, we talked about the, the shift between the fourth the four three three and the 4-4-2. I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, I wasn't sure and I wanted to make sure – that when I looked at the data, when it populated, that it confirmed it. It did. When we switched to the four four two, right? Bukalakis left. We brought in Bakasetas. Technically, he was like sitting behind the striker. Um, so when we switched to that four four two, and it was Madalos and Siopis as the kind of like the the center mid pairing with Bakasetas forward, our press actually got more intense and it was higher. Primarily because Bacasetas fresh legs and he was running up and down all over the place. But Madalo started to hold his position more, which also let Siopis, who can run all day, also move around. So we effectively had did have two, two mids that were pre- almost constantly pressing the ball. Versus in the mm-hmm. first half, it wasn't it was sustained, but I the pressure wasn't quite as intense as it got in the second half. But there was balance. Because the balance was we did not possess the ball as well under the 4-4-2 as we did with the 4-3-3. And I was curious what your thoughts were on that. Are you, you know, just your first look here. Obviously, we have we have to see a lot more to get more data and to get a larger sample set of what's there. But the first look you had, did you did you prefer me the 4-4-2 over the 4-3-3? Did you like the 4-3-3 better? What what was the general shape 
first looks, which one did you prefer? Well, obviously, I preferred the first half uh, performance with the four-two-three-one and the four-three-three. You know, changing yep. uh, when they were attacking, it was four-two-three-one. When they were defending, it was four-three-three. Personally, I wasn't impressed with the second half. If I'm being um, if I'm being totally honest, mm-hmm. there was a difficult uh, five minute uh, a, a difficult five minutes that Greece had from the 68th minute till the 73rd, if I remember correctly, when Romania really uh, really picked it up. <clears throat> Uh, but you're right. I mean, there was balance throughout the game. There was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of tempo. Uh, the players are still learning this. It, it was obvious that they were rusty. It was obvious that they were green about it, which is very normal when a new manager comes in with a new philosophy, new demands, new character. Yeah. We talked about how what a, what a personality Gaspoje is and how intense he can be as well. Uh, all in, and, and let's not forget there were a lot of players missing. I liked what I saw. I think it shows. I think it shows a lot of potential moving forward. I think that with the addition of some, with the aforementioned <laughs> players that I mentioned, and some other players that we didn't mention, like George Baldock. God damn it, get that done. Put him yeah. in the that right back. Get it over but with. Also, Costa, may I cut you off? And one that yeah, Costa Levoyanis goes yeah. asks for the. The other Lazaros Christodolopoulos, the long name. Does he not have a role in the team with his skill, experience, etc.? That be specialist goal scorer can't come off the bench. Yeah, and he's he right. Takes he's a shot at Hatsiovannis. Right. Come on, that wasn't necessary. That's below the belts. But anyway, takes a shot at him. No, I think that's right. I um, like even when he was playing for Atromitos, like thirty minutes, he was quite good. Like this team doesn't really have a player who. Who even takes set pieces for this team? Baukas, I guess. Did he last night? Chimikas should take the corners, in my opinion. I don't remember. But anyway, I think it's a really good idea. And also the leadership. uh, Lazarus was around with the good times. Let's be honest. Um, He's played abroad. He's played in Italy. He's played for the Greek national team in a World Cup in the Euros. I just don't see why not. Like, what else do you have? Um, You know what I mean? I, I... I, I don't know what to say. Like, I think maybe someone off the bench. Why not? Why not? I well, totally... No, sorry. Go ahead, Adi. Oh, when when we're talking about the veteran presence that we want to have, right? You know, I, I'm i always wary of adding too many veterans. But if you're telling me, oh, I'll get rid of Tzavelas. I'll throw in Manola. I'll get rid of, you know, calling up Stafilidis. I'll throw Lazaros as a, you know, keep him in there. There are veterans I would prefer, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah to, I mean, if if I have to pick and choose between which types of vets and in what positions I'd rather have them, yeah, I would definitely rather have him. I don't – I just – one, after the comments that he made on social media, I doubt that Gus Poyet calls him up yeah. now. I doubt that. Yeah. I doubt Ball would want him, I you know, getting a look at either. So – I, just, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I wouldn't be upset with it, to be honest with you. Uh, again, assuming that we're we're trading out some vets for others, because like I said, some of the vets that we apparently have put some of our faith in, I'm not about. And I'm not going to lose sleep if they're gone. Yeah, but there's no like Greek like players who are like, who can go get a goal, a Greek veteran winger or striker? You know what I mean? Like Salping Givis no, back in the day, Samaras, yeah. like older player who can go get a goal there's like literally no one like alive yeah. literally klaus on like remember klaus klaus oh he, oh he. he was terrible he plays for Kardica now in the second division but anyway oh klaus oh klaus see so uh, well Sorry, go ahead. Is there literally anyone like I'm gonna go on Wikipedia right now? Like, is there someone over 30 who can get a goal? You know, like, no, that doesn't exist. It's a, well, that does not exist. Well, first of all, just a little tiny little parenthesis because you mentioned Zavelas. Uh, Ari, I need you to I need, be still my heart right now, but Zavelas is not gonna play against Montenegro because he got injured, so he's oh, not gonna no. be part of uh, Poyes's uh. Gaspoy's plans. Other than that, it's a full squad. Those who played at Romania, with the exception of Zavelas, are going to be part of the team for the Montenegro game. Uh, Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. What do you guys think about uh, Zolis and Janulis not coming even along? 
Well, Tsolis was oh, yeah. with the U21s. Yeah, he was the U21s. Oh. And Yanulis, I'm not too sure why he wasn't on the team, but they're definitely part of the... They should be part of the team going forward. Def- I mean, him, Tsimikas, and Kyriakopoulos for the left back. And Zolis, I mean, he needs to be a chapter for the Ethniki and for Greek football. He, yeah. Immense talent and a rare talent, especially and- when you look at attackers in Greece, because us Greeks are defenders. We're not attackers. Right. And that leads me to the next question. What about Adi, your new neighbor? Can he play for the Greek national team? Funtas of Funtas. DC United. You think he can come back from DC and play for the Greek national team? You know, somebody actually, I was, when I was on Twitter a couple days ago, somebody actually was bringing this up about different national teams. And when players go to play in the United States or they go to play in the MLS, they just get forgotten about by their national teams. Kind of, yeah. And there was like a whole list of them. And I, it, it just got me to thinking. And, you know, they brought up Giovinco. Uh, they actually brought up that Zlatan didn't play a lot for Sweden when he was playing in the MLS. So I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, even though I thought Funtas could have a role with the national team, just because of all of that and now having seen all of that information, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets forgotten about uh, because the MLS, unfortunately, still isn't being viewed as a competitive league by by many European national teams. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he's not. But also, if we have a couple of guys that are going to get the job done already without him, do we, you know, I mean, we, look how many forwards we already had on the list there. And well, that, that weren't half bad. Do, does he have a place? Who he's does? I'm not, not too sure. But goal lot- getter, is he, as well? He's kind of he the did small, it in Austria. quick guy. He was good with uh, with Rapid Vienna, definitely. Yeah. But well, yeah, Costa, go ahead. No, but back to the whole Lazarus thing. I I have to say that ever since the 2014 World Cup, he kind of slipped through the cracks because yeah. soon after he joined Ike, and he was he was intense. He was doing so well. He basically yeah. took Ike to the league title. And Michael Skibe, the manager then, who wasn't half bad. I think he was a good manager, Michael Skibe. We almost made it to the World Cup. And and we we almost beat Belgium in Brussels under him. We did pretty well with him, and then yeah. we got Croatia. We got we got the finalists in the playoffs, and who eliminated us with uh, with, with with ease. Uh, and he wouldn't call him up. And from then on, there were managers that wouldn't call Lazarus up. And he's a very good uh, he's a very good player. Yeah. A lot of tempo. Before he, he got hurt goals, at Olympiacos as well, he was yeah, very was, good. And he still is. He still does the work for uh, in Cyprus. He did the work uh, for Atromdo. Somebody wrote in the comment section that Lazarus would be 38 in the Euros. Guys, Karagunis was 37 in the, in the yeah. 2014 World Cup, you know? I understand. I think Thomas Sam makes a very good point. But still, I mean, there are those kind of players for which for whom age is just a number. And Lazarus is not yeah. just what he brings on the pitch, but also what he brings in the dressing room. Greece don't have personalities. We've covered this so many times. There's no personalities backstage. Lazarus would bring that fact. And he still plays. He still he still racks up the numbers. He still yeah. gets the stats. And I don't want to be the guy, but there is one person in my mind now that I had to think of it. Apostolos Velios. He has to be called up now playing for La Mia. What do you guys think? What do you guys think after flopping in Romania? I think he just needs to get back and score some goals for La Mia. Unfortunately, he's played eight games. He's not scored a goal, but that means nothing. I've also just looked. He's also only scored one goal in three years, but he's just a bit out of form. I think he puts a few in the back of the net and he gets called up. I think he's good to go. I think you need a one-man show is what I think. I, I think so. I, <laughs> I think I could go like this all night. I, six three. I don't know. I, I think he has Labrus, all the Labrus bald. hot tamales. We're gonna call it. He's bald. <laughs> he doesn't have hair. I don't know. Maybe Labrus makes it easier for random. him to have the ball. I don't know. Labrus is random nonsense. Like Labrus, I was looking Labrus. for strikers. Like I went on Wikipedia and he came up and I was like, ah. Oh. No, oh my God! Who says no? All right, we're cut. Co- we're coming up on it now here, Lambro. I know you didn't watch it, and I know it was a friendly Costa, so it's really hard to to do a coach's grade because you know you expect to see some changes. But whatever, let's just do it. Go ahead. Give you have a man of the match and a coach's grade for the friendly. Oh well, coach's grade A minus. Uh... Boye got what he wanted. He got a win and a clean sheet. I mean, that is so important for a match. It doesn't matter if it's an official game or a friendly. You want to you wanna get a – because at the end of the day, it's results that uh, that speak out. And we, 
us in Greeks, uh, us Greeks were very spoiled under Otore Heiken and Fernando Santos. Yes, the games were boring as shit, but Greece got the wins. Yeah, even against teams like Malta, whom we had to beat with a last-ditch goal, but at least we won. Because then, you know, we saw what happened with Faroe Islands, with Kosovo. God damn it, Kosovo. If we don't score at least six goals across both games, I swear to God. But that's very important at the end of the day. Yeah, there are issues. There's a lot of work to be done. But, you know, at first game, A-. minus. As for as for man of the match, I'm not too sure if I'm being honest. Uh, I really liked Rota. Bukalakis though got the goal, and I think he was pretty solid in midfield next to Siopis and Madalas when he pushed forward and pushed back. I, I'm going to give it to Bukalakis. Screw it. No, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a fair shout. Bukalakis got the goal. He also did his job. He he always yeah. does his job in the midfield. You know, I mean, he had a a 90 percent pass accuracy, so he didn't really give anything up as it mm-hmm. were. So, no, yeah, good. I, th- I think that's a fair shot. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give him an A-2 because we d- we saw we saw him change things up a little bit. Uh, I like that he did change things up, unlike JVS, who waited till things got to shit and then just threw whatever it was. I like there was, there was a strategy. There was a method to the change when he made the change in the second half. I liked seeing that different look. I liked seeing him experiment a little bit, giving a few different types of people um, a go. I really liked what I saw in the first half. Again, I know that we, the goals weren't flooding, but I saw intent. I saw creation. I saw a strategy, and this is what I never saw under JVS. I did not see a cohesive offensive strategy, something that we employed consistently, at least not after that first couple of games when he came in. Uh, I, so I'm I'm happy that I saw that. First impression so far is pretty good, and you know we'll see what happens against uh, Montenegro. Um, Do I get to go as well? Yeah, did you watch the game? <laughs> no, but it doesn't matter. I'm going with man of the match, Vagelis Pavlidis, for the interview he gave with Betarades like last month. He seems like a really nice guy. He had a cool house in the Netherlands. He seemed nice enough. The training facility where he plays looked nice. Betarades always doing good interviews. And then yeah. coaching grade, I'm going with you have to knock him for B plus because Mantalos was captain. That's it. B plus. Other other than that, it would have been A plus, but he got knocked down a full letter grade for that. That's <laughs> <some clown> behavior. <laughs> and that's it. Labros is strict, guys. Labros is strict. Like, no, you know, no, it's Mantalos. Come on. Give it to Lazarus Rota or whatever. The guy. God damn it. No, but Lazarus Rota actually did what I kind of hoped he would do. So I thought he was quite he good. He played in his position. Thing. like Yeah. Ooh, Imagine that, that in you, years. Like, you play people <laughs> in their positions, and oh my god, the game yeah. changes. We're not reinventing the the damn wheel here. Yes, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to watch the game tomorrow night. I'm super excited. Yeah, are you? I, Korslap, don't ask that question. I, I said I'm excited. You don't need to poke a little closer. Montenegro is one of the biggest teams in Europe. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see washed up Stefan Jovatic still banging in the goals, but let's see. Jesus. Come on, guys. Come on, let's do this. I am excited. Come on, let's do this. Let's go. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. We had a couple, like a year. How long? My God. Was it two years or a year and a half with JVS? After that big season. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, after that, it's just, I just like to have hope again. You know, it's nice to have hope again. Yeah, it so. is. We're gonna we're gonna keep the hope. We're gonna roll with it because it's nice to feel better than than shitty like we did for a year and a half. Anyway, boys, girls, if you haven't done so already, don't forget to like and subscribe. Help us grow this not just Olympiakos community, this Greek football community as well. The bigger it gets, the more stuff we can do. We've met quite a few of you, having a blast with you guys. The comments are fantastic. Uh, I never thought I'd see so many people that were interested in in football data as well. Keep filling the DMs. Keep filling my DMs with it, guys. I love it. I love people engaging me with that. It's so much fun. And just join the community. We we bring people live all the time. We might have another one of those uh, lives where we get the audience to come in. So don't forget to subscribe so you can join the chat. And then also join us live once in a while as well. Yeah. So, boys, anything else before we get moving? Yeah, I'm thinking another episode we're going to do 
we should do a pop culture open the phones episode. I think that that's on the cards. Yeah. Pop culture? Oh dear. I don't know TV movies because we were talking about that new Lakers show, which is very good on TV. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about was. that. We could talk about the Oscars are happening tonight. Oh, How are I, they? Do people watch that? Like, I don't. I don't know. Like, I just read I won't. the next day. I don't I'll know. be. I'll, I'll be I'll, like I said. Like I said in the intro, I'm gonna be at Troy Hill Park watching Olympiacos DC. Might go. Might do an Instagram yeah. Instagram live while I'm there. Hang out with some of the players, getting some of that footage for the docu series. So if you guys also are in the movies the air, that win are kind out. of ass. Like, can we just Always. be honest? Like sometimes the movies are so bad. It's like, why did this win? It's like this sucks. It's like black and white, like Soviet Union film. Like it's 2022. I don't want to watch that. Like, why did that just win? Well, Soviet, well, Union, Soviet Union it's not that old it's not that far back no but it's we're talking about like 1950 Soviet Union and then they make it black and white to be edgy god damn it tomato, it doesn't need to be black tomato. and white oh my god we're a football god, show we're not a, we're, a we're not a movie show, show. God damn. <laughs> we're not cultured people okay <laughs> this wouldn't be gate seven international without a lambro fueled rant hope you guys enjoyed it Thank you everyone for listening, especially if you if you made it this far through my vocal mishaps, Lambros rants. Yeah, I hope you I guys had a good mind. time. I will we'll see you guys. Well. Yeah, of course. Costa, I was you didn't do anything well, bad. with like, real journalistic well. integrity <laughs> and analysis. Like, yeah. You're the positive, not the negative. <laughs> the most boring one, actually. <laughs> everyone brings something. And here's nerd alert over there with the analysis. Like everyone's like, hold on, the news is on. Like, I'm going to lower the volume. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys, this is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. We'll see you next time.